really, you know, take him off my game. It's a couple weeks. A couple minutes, a couple weeks to throw him totally off my game. Ah, there we are. But you're here. <clears throat> All right. We're on. We're on. Hey, so it's been a couple weeks. We're kind of coming in and out. Uh, so behind the scenes, I got some like other series we're doing. You're probably gonna see it on Saturday. So like some little breaks here. But today is a big day. Uh, I got Felix here, and uh, we're talking about tank manufacturing. Hopefully, some of you actually saw the uh, episode about uh, building a tank in my house and how I selected. Uh, uh, like yeah. the manufacturer for my tank? About 15 minutes ago. Yeah, boom. I know. And if not, in. go see it. But yeah. stay here right now. So we welcome, talk to Felix. Felix. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you right for on. having me. Yeah, so um, some of you may have actually seen Felix way back when you did a little episode with us in, uh, like, a, was it Mathna, yep. Miami? Yep, yep. 2013. 2013, yeah. All right, well, we're right on, nice. way back then. Uh, so. Uh, today we're going to hear a little bit of Felix's backstory, what he's done, you know, maybe a little bit where he's going now, but we're also going to talk about like where, uh, what makes a good tank, where mm -hmm. some places to buy good tanks, even outside of Reef Savvy, obviously. Uh, and uh, we're going to talk about, you know, just like what some of the things that people tend to be the happiest with and just wherever it goes. And as always, man, ask questions because uh, that's what we're all here for is to answer them. So, Absolutely. all right, man. So first things first, dude, like when you make your first tank. Um, I want to say probably like experimenting yeah. on my own. Yeah, sure. Maybe fourteen years old. Did it hold? Oh, fourteen years old. Did Holy it hold God. water though? Yes. Yeah. I still have it. Oh no, no way. way! Swear to God. <laughs> oh, wow, awesome. What do you use it for? Um, I actually have samples in there. Yeah. Where I do like um, I'm always testing like different materials. And I'll test like um, I'm bonding like dissimilar materials. Oh, okay. And I use like a little like I write dates on it. Yeah. And I'll ha I have a bunch of like different um, like PVCs bonded to like glass and acrylics. Oh, that's and cool. I have like little old dates on it, and oh. it's in there, and it has a little lid and everything. So. Yeah, that's a very, first very, tank very cool. from 14 so, years 14 old. years old. All right. So when's the first date you sold a tank? Um, oh man, and that's hard because actually. You know, I don't really know exactly, but as Reef Savvy, probably in 2006. Okay. All right. That's around uh, when uh, I started the hobby, I think. So, yeah. yeah. So, like... It wasn't your tank. It wasn't my tank. No. no. <laughs> uh, well, you know, it's funny because I was just looking back <clears> and, like, uh, I was looking at how our first YouTube videos, like 2008, and then I realized mm -hmm. that YouTube actually came into existence in 2005. Yeah. yeah. Like, man, man, we've been doing this almost from the beginning. Yeah. Uh, I, I just like didn't put those <laughs> things together uh, until like really yesterday. Uh, but yeah, so like a lot of the guys around that are really kind of top of their game seems to have come like right out of the early 2000s. Uh, mm. And so like I just hear that from almost like almost everybody I know that's uh, coming around come comes around from that early 2000s era, you know. So it's pretty kind of pretty cool. The new golden era. Like new reefing golden era. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. So the, uh, well, the first tank that Felix built for you wasn't this BRS 160. It was that 70, 75, 70 gallon? 70, yeah. 70? Yeah, so, I mean, there's weird coincidences here. Yeah. But, like, uh, so I did a series on building a 40-gallon breeder in my basement, right? Oh, yeah. And, like, one of the things was I want to kind of, like, show the natural, like, progression. You know, like, uh, well, this is, like, I bought this tank, then I put a hang-on skimmer on it, and then I bought, like, a hang-on refugium, and then a hang-on, like, carbon reactor, before you know it, the whole thing's filled with hang-on stuff, and, like, okay, now it's time for a sump, I'm going to upgrade my tank, you know? And I kind of tried to do it, like, a real natural way of, like, this is actually the way that it went for me, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, 
And uh, so I reached out, I looked out for a place to tank, and, and I actually had forgot this story until you told it to me today. <laughs> uh, but like, why I reached out to you uh, specifically. So I'll, I'll let you tell me, uh, repeat it back to me. Well, <clears throat> you called me and you said, this is Ryan from Bulk Resupply. And I said, oh, I don't know who you are. You knew, the, you knew who he was back yeah, then? Yeah, I did. Okay. I would buy stuff from you. I think actually when I opened my account, you opened it. No, yeah, I, like I called. <laughs> I did real work, working the, the phones. <laughs> a long time ago, man, I called. I was like, yeah, I want to set up an account with you guys. He's like, yeah, okay, get them get your information. I got it, right? But then years passed, right? And you called me and you said, this is uh, Ryan from Bulk Reef Supply, and um, I want to build the tank. And I don't remember exactly how the conversation went, but I know that it was something along the line of that. Um, when we talked about how you picked me, is that you said that you went online and you looked for, you were looking for custom tank builders and every time you came across somebody uh, that you did your homework on them. And then when you got to me, you actually couldn't find anything negative about me. Like, like people saying bad things or just bad incidents or stuff like that. So you spent like a week looking for something bad. <laughs> okay, so I had forgot this conversation, but you triggered the memory, and this is exactly the way, the way my brain works. So uh, I go to reviews on everything. The first thing I do is hit it in reverse. I don't care about the good ones. Yeah. The, the good ones, man, are totally irrelevant to me. All the people that are happy, I want to know why people are, are unhappy. So when the like chips hit the ground, man, like what happens then? You know, like Set, sets up your expectations. So like if you buy a camera gimbal on Amazon and you see all the one star reviews and you say, how many of these features? How many of this one feature just didn't work for a lot of people? You might expect that down the road. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh -huh. uh, in this case, I couldn't find any negative ones, so that yeah. is good news. <laughs> uh, uh, so yeah, and still to this day, man, I like uh, I like. Dude, other than uh, like people would like you to work lightning fast. Uh, outside of that, I don't think I've ever seen anything, man. Like, but your uh, your team's got a bandwidth. Uh, quality requires uh, attention to detail mm. and uh, eyesight on it, and it can only produce so many. Thank you. Yeah. Outside of that, though, man, like I don't think I've ever seen anything. Um, no, man, it's still good. Like, if you look at our feedback now, if you go on Facebook or you look for the reviews, we still don't have anything negative. Fourteen years later. Um, we take a long time. That's no secret. Um, I almost feel guilty being here right now because I know I should be back home working. Yeah, right? uh, but I know this is just one day. So, um, But other than that, yeah, we take a long time and that's because we don't really let things slide. You know? And um, those things go hand in hand. Like I can't be quick and produce a, the quality of the product that I want to make especially when I'm doing it on a bigger scale for a small company. Okay, so yeah. if I, just for an example, like if I had wanted a 250 gallon tank with an overflow, um, or say like the beer, like the 160 here, or a 200 gallon. Okay. How long does that take you to build? Um, well, to build or for you to get your tank? Both. Well, the building process for us probably takes about a month, a month and a half. And so you have everything already on site, or in most of the cases you're like ordering special glass pieces, so that's some lead time? Or... Right. Yeah, well, right now it's a little different because we literally just relocated. Yeah. So right now everything is like, things are running even slower than normal because we're settling into our new place. So our glass is actually still coming from a different location. Mm, okay. Um, but 
normally the process of actually building, once we have the glass on hand, already cut and polished to spec, you would be looking at probably about a month to a month and a half from the time that we started to the time that it actually gets in a crate and ships to you. Now, when you order the tank, you're probably looking at like um, seven or eight months yeah. from the time that you placed the order. Everybody else got like to that. you before I did. So Pretty I'm gonna much. go throw <laughs> something on here and I'm gonna speak with personal experience here. So you may tell you seven or eight months, but the reason it actually ends up taking like a year is because of you. Uh, it's because <laughs> you call up and you're like, oh, I think I know what I want, right? And you call up and he's like, all right, we're in. And then I call up three weeks later, like, no, 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 man, I changed my mind. I, I saw this thing somewhere and like, I need these holes here instead. And so the process sometimes gets drawn out like, uh, because like, I think almost you gotta build that in. Yeah. Like, you know, otherwise like, if you want people to be happy and you give them a little room to be able to change their mind in the beginning, like, uh, poor, poor Felix here ordered all the glass on my first tank. And uh, then, <laughs> you know, the thing that happened is, I just, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna make it five foot long for uh, five foot bulbs of T5s. And like, I've been doing this a long time, man. And in my head, I didn't add in the inches that I need for the hood uh, and the actual mm. bulbs, you know? So it needs to be like four inches longer than that, yep, you yep, know? Yep. And I just hadn't added that in, man. Like a total rookie mistake. Uh, but like, you gotta leave room for that kind of stuff. So like, it just kind of drags out a little bit, you know? Yeah, so. And you know, since we're a small operation, and I'm literally hands-on on every single tank, unfortunately, sometimes when you change your mind, it affects the next guy. Mm. Oh, so, sure. so it kind of, it's like a domino effect, you know? So you're making tanks for whoever needs tanks. So like we're talking freshwater, reef aquariums, all this other stuff. Uh, do you, are you an aquarist too? Oh yeah. You have reef tanks or um, freshwater tanks? What's your, what's your go-to? Well, yeah, the reason that I got into this was because yeah. ever since I was a little kid, like, I didn't want, I got into the hobby, into the aquarium hobby, not reef tanks, but mm. fish tanks, I think seven, no, six or seven years old. Yeah. And, uh, you know, my mom could probably tell the story better than me, but I, I would change my mind, like, two days before Christmas. Like, yeah. Instead of, like, I wanted to get a, a Tonka toy, and then the next day I was like, I want a fish tank, and that's how it started, right? <laughs> and um, right now, I actually don't have a tank. I have a small tank, but yeah. I didn't even build it. I, I'm, I confess, I actually bought it. <laughs> I ordered it online or something. And it's like, I have like a BioCube, oh, yeah. 25 gallon BioCube with a, a clownfish in it. So those BioCubes so. are actually super common in the industry yeah. for because they're like set up, they evaporate almost nothing, and like people who want to make sure they still have a tank, they put it in their office, and it's just like a way to like keep the DNA going, you know, but easy. You know what, actually, um, I have to confess, that tank is not even mine, it's my son's. <laughs> my son is 12, okay? Shout out to Brandon. So you, Bra share, you shared the DNA right Shout under. out to Brandon, and I apologize because that was Brandon's birthday gift like four years ago. He wanted a little reef savvy tank and I got him that and then he's been waiting the longest for a tank. <laughs> oh, your four own years. son. He's going four years and he told me that the other day, except he exaggerated, he's like, dad, I've been waiting for a tank since I was four. He wasn't four, he, you know, 
but he has been waiting for like four years. Yeah. So, so every customer out there that's been that's waiting cool. uh, for seven months plus, uh, his own son is uh, four years. somehow behind you. I've been waiting. <laughs> I've been waiting the longest. Oh, wait for your own tank to build your own. I haven't been able to build. Oh, I yeah. got close to building a tank for myself. Yeah. Years ago which I posted it, it was a 90 gallon, and it, it was really popular because one of the blogs wrote about it because it had a red pinstripe at the bottom, and it, actually that was the inspiration for yours. That was my tank, mm. and it was gonna go in the front of our shop, and uh, some guy called me with a, some, like a tragedy, like their tank exploded or something, and they needed a tank really bad, and their daughter was going to college, something like that, and uh, they took my tank. <laughs> I bought the story. I don't even know if it was a true story now. Oh, ah, but well, the now kindness I know how to of get your my heart. tank out of you, like and a, a tragic story. Coincidence, they needed a 90 gallon, same size Does that I had. Does he know that he owns your tank? Yeah, I told him it wasn't for sale. He called, He spent like a whole week calling and writing oh, emails. Hilarious. And ah. telling his daughter was crying at you're, night. You're too kind. All right, so let's like, <laughs> talk a little bit about here, about like what makes a good tank. Because I'll be honest, man, it isn't the most straightforward thing because it can all look like a big glass box. Right. Uh, yeah. If you don't know what you're looking at, like the difference between the like dozens of different uh, manufacturers out there, and like even for myself, I really like these videos because it, it forces me to dig in deeper than like I've even dug before. I spent like two hours talking to you the other day, you know, really, you know, trying to like get to what what makes all of the stuff different, you know. Right. Uh, and so one of the things I got really out of this whole thing is. There, at, at the core of it, is there's made in China, using mm. China components. There's made in America, using China components. And then there's a made in America, using uh, US and European standards and components, right? right? And some of those things like you matter or don't matter or do. Uh, there's things you can kind of expect along the way. And I think you'll see them in some of the tiers we're gonna talk about in just a second, but like, once you kind of get down to that, you can kind of like apply it to anything that's in your life, right? right. And I always know that China, made in China, using China components will always be the cheapest, right? right. Oh, yeah. I'll never, almost never think, there's a few few examples, but almost never think it's the best, right? right? But like uh, in the United States, somebody here, you know, especially an owner-operated facility that they're touching every last one of these things, holding the standards that they've had this whole time, mm. using, you know, not, you know, imported, uh, you know, components that just happen to be commodity and the cheapest, right. looking for the highest quality possible piece. And so you can see how that all kind of breaks down and where it shows up in some obvious price points too, right? right? So uh, I'll just say, so the first one that everybody, I mean, everybody must have had, you know, like uh, at some point in their life, a Perfecto, a uh, Aquion, a Marineland, uh, Marine an all-glass uh, <laughs> tank at some point, you know, now being Aquion and Marineland mostly, yeah. but like, uh, have you had one of these? Me? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, absolutely. Actually, what I had back to Christmas, because that's what I wanted every Christmas, right? I remember having, when I was like, probably like 13 or 14, I was already into reef tanks, and I had an oceanic. Oh, yeah. And it was whitewash stand, and the trim, the set of the black trim, it came in whitewash, which was really cool back then. It was huh. like pinkish, kind of like, you know? And uh, I thought it was like the coolest kid ever. All my friends probably thought it was a nerd. <laughs> it's like, I'm like, guys, look at my fish, you know? 
<laughs> so, I mean, those are the super common takes. Like, that's yeah. where everybody right, right. starts off, right? Yeah. Well, and probably because, uh, I don't know, there's something I don't have to worry about. I mean, when I bought my, when I bought my Marine Land, it's, uh, it's not rimless. It's got a trim on it. So it's a big 125-gallon tank. I'm less concerned. I mean, it's got a plastic brace. I'm, I'm looking at this thing structurally, and I'm like, this is probably a well-built tank. I'm not going to worry about my floors too much. And then you see the tempered glass bottom and all this other stuff. So, I mean, it's got overflows and all this other stuff. So my Marineland tank, structurally, uh, now I've seen rimlesses now, and I've seen all these really nice, gorgeous tanks, um, but I didn't know that's what I wanted. And so this one did fit the bill for me. I'll just be straight. I didn't even know there was another option, right? I went Other into the I, yeah, I went in the fish store and I'm like, I want a tank, and they showed me a tank. It could have had any one of those stickers. Yeah. On it. Like I didn't know, you know. I just I happened to pick the worst one possible, which is like that wave. The wave. Nah, the wave is like, cool. It just totally warps everything. <laughs> Stands suck. But like I, I didn't even know the difference, you know. Like you could look at the silicone and it's clear. Somebody just use their finger uh -huh. to like you know slop it in there, and there's yeah. a big plastic trim on it, and there's bars that go across that I later learn mess up my lighting and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But like uh, I don't know, I, like it wasn't even relevant to me that there's a better option, until it is. Like now I'm gonna upgrade my yeah. tank. Like this isn't my first rodeo, and like you start looking around. Mm. Okay. So the first level, and I'd almost forgot about them until actually that uh, you brought them up, was glass cages, right? right. Yep. And so uh, glass cages, you go to their website. Some of you might have seen it in an earlier episode, but I've quoted from them before a long, long time ago. And they have like, you know, if you went to their website, there's hundreds of different sizes from these guys. And, you know, from everybody who's told me is you probably about the same quality expectations as you'd get from the standard retail tanks out there, mm -hmm. uh, black trim and whatnot. Uh, but it's, you know, inexpensive and customized to my specific shape, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, and inexpensive, if I don't have like super, super high standards, like I'm not buying a Ferrari here, uh, I think you'd be pretty happy with it, you know? Yeah, I think that they, the way that they do things is kind of unique, and I think that there's a place for them. I think that everybody has a place in this hobby, right? But like kind of what they offer, nobody else does and nobody can even compete with them because they'll produce a tank to your specifications right so if you have an awkward size like a nook somewhere where it needs mm -hmm. to fit and you need something that is 53 and a half by 37 they'll they'll do that right yeah. but not only that i think that the way that and i'm not sure but i think that the way that they handle their shipping is kind of unique too because they they own their own like um their own uh, tractor trailers, right? Mm. Where, oh, okay. Well, they're gonna like load up like 50 tanks in there, and like, deliver them. They drive, man, and they meet you like in some spot. <laughs> some <random laughs> yeah, they meet you in some spot. They, so I, that's, that's what I heard. They'll meet cool. you in a parking lot, man, in a Kmart. Get your tank, but it falls in. You know, shipping glass tanks is not cheap. Yeah. Right? So you, even if they give you a good deal on a tank, but now shipping breaks the deal, then it doesn't work. Yeah. You know? So the, the, the thing I really liked about their website the most was I could see what it was going to cost, like immediately. Mm. Right next to it, there was a cost. And then if you hit it, hit like customize, it could tell you if you want low iron, if you only want this paint or that paint. And you could customize it without having to call them up and like go through all the shenanigans. Uh, and it was, it was like affordable. Yeah. So that was kind of that tier there, and I agree. I don't think that there's anybody else out there that if I got a hole in my wall and it needs to be this big and I want it this deep, like this is the affordable option, go check them out. And then the next one was like uh, the like Red Seas of the world, right? Yeah, right. So 
they're, you know, they're manufactured for you, uh, but they're elegantly manufactured for you. You don't, you don't get to customize it. But if you want that size, or you, you can live with a few of these dimensions, and you want a nice tank, go get something that's Red Sea like This that. fits that made in China, using China components in mass quantity, which means, dude, it's gonna have a higher quality standard than a lot of stuff, uh, like, uh, but it's gonna be cheap, right? right? So, like, because you made 3,000 of this same tank uh, last week, it is gonna be way less expensive than doing super custom work, Yeah. right? right. Uh, and it shows up. Now, I'm gonna skip all the way here, you know, and like it was just like, I'm gonna talk planet tanks and miracle tanks were like the tier like that I was actually shopping in, you know, okay. for this tank, because it's gonna be big and it's gonna be expensive, mm -hmm. right? This is the one where I think where most people kind of end up in their like 10 year reefing, you know, area, uh, where they're like, now I need some custom, but it needs to match like the furniture in the room, it needs to, like the stand needs to match the quality of the room, the trim yeah. of the room, whatever, you know, and, and I'm also like, this is my first rodeo. It's probably not even my second or third. Uh, like, I want this thing to last 10 years in this house that I'm probably gonna stay in. You know? Right. Uh, and, you know, so this is the kind of the place where you start to care about stuff. So let's talk about what makes a good tank. And the first one is like the structural integrity, you know, right. of the tank. So then this tier, you know, like what matters? So what does structural integrity mean to you? Okay, so you got to think about how well the tank is put together, right? So the the choices in materials like thickness versus the size of the tank mm -hmm. um, and the type of bracing that it has. I think that it's easy to make a strong tank, right? Because anybody can make a tank that is really thick and uh, using thicker glass than what you need and overbrace it. But then you run into other issues, like you mentioned before, like sometimes, sometimes bracing gets in the way for lighting mm -hmm. and even accessing the tank, or sometimes it's just outright, like it's just, it's an eyesore. So mm -hmm. um, the goal is to have a perfect balance of something that is strong and is gonna last, but at the same time, doesn't take away from the, like the look of the tank. So structural integrity, that means to me too, is like, I want rimless, but I also want it to be tall. I also want it to be deep. I also want it to be big. And those things don't all fit together, right? right? Yep. And so uh, I have seen personally uh, plenty of tanks that had really significant bows to it. Right, right? Like, yeah. I mean, it's too scary. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you can look down the line of the tank and watch it bow out, you know? And like, mm. man, like glass shouldn't do that, right? <laughs> didn't order a bow front. Yeah, I didn't order a bow front, but I got <laughs> one, right? And that tank that I had, the Clown Harem series tank in it, did that pretty bad. Yes. Uh, to the point where I was scared to have people stand in front well, of it. Well, no, yeah. you actually, and when we took it down, you said, you'll give it away to somebody if they promise to never fill it up with water as an aquarium again, like use mm -hmm. it for something else. Yep, so Chad, I uh, got it. Uh, like you, <laughs> Absolutely cannot put water in this thing. Reptile uh, tank. Yeah, reptile tank or terrarium, no. So what so. causes, like, if we're talking structural integrity, what would cause some a bow like that? Is it thick, is it a combination of things? Is it thickness of glass? Is it the way you silicone? I mean, specifically for those tanks that you're not bracing. Yeah, it's the thickness of glass versus the the height okay. and the length. So, and, and that's kind of a misconception where yeah. people, pressure has nothing to do 
with length mm. or width, it's really all about the height, right? Okay. And you'll feel that like, when you go diving or you're in a pool, you hit the bottom, you feel that, right? Mm -hmm. So, but it does have to do with this because the longer the panel is, mm. the more flexible it right. is. So you can take a piece of glass, I'm sorry. You take a piece of glass that is three feet, right? Yeah. And um, you hold it and it's a three quarter inch piece of glass and there's literally no flex to it. But right. I can take a strip of glass that is 11 feet long and you would be surprised that when you carry it, that actually does that, and it's three-quarter inch glass. Mm. So when you combine that with um, the height, so mm. you have pressure pushing out against it, and the length, then that's how you get that. So you have to be super, you know, aware of what you're doing, and and like when you're put when you're deciding what you're gonna do, right? Um, you have to know that there are limitations to how high you can go versus the length. And then we have like our own guidelines as far as like, um, like I have cutoff heights for specific things, but that's just a guideline. And I'll have like, if you go to my website, it says it in the frequently asked questions, it'll have like 48, 20 inches, but that's still, there's a, I think there's a section that says it's up to my discretion because there are certain cases where I can go taller or certain cases where I won't. And another thing to keep in mind is that it depends what you're going to use the tank for, too. Mm. So it's not the same thing if you were going to put it in a reef tank where super aggressive wave making and a rolling wave oh, or a, yeah. and a wave box or something like that versus it's just a planted tank and it's still water. Believe it or not, that plays a part because all mm. that rocking back and forth. The pressure. That, yeah, that puts... I think some of those, I forget which company is, but one of them has a warning on the box where it says, well, deteriorate your tank or cause severe damage to your tank or something <laughs> like that. Like, you know? That makes sense, yeah. So then uh, you're silic uh, like silicone, right? So we've seen the finger marks inside of our you know, retail tanks. Drips. It just drips and loops and people just dab some silicone. I've made some like really small frag boxes out of window panes that I cut on my wow. garage and siliconed it together. And I mean, it holds together pretty well, but when we're talking something like this BRS-160 here, but, uh, is it an approach to doing the silicone in the edges that you do differently? Um, yeah, well, there's a lot of, um, how can I put this? There's a lot, of, we still use our hands and there's a lot of like, silicone and yeah. working with their fingers and stuff like that. So it's, it's not that much different than what you did. It's just that um, the joints are bigger, mm. right? Um, the thickness of the joint is really consistent. Like we have like our own, like, uh, like we're really um, consistent with the thickness of the joint throughout the whole thing, right? Um, if you see right here in this oh, picture. Oh yeah, check right? this oh. out. All right. So, so that black strip right next to the glass. See, but that's different. That's actually an upgrade. That's not even, uh, that's not standard on okay, every tank. Okay. So if you have a tank just like what you had before, it'll have the, the same thing that you're talking about where mm -hmm. you had the finger, but mm -hmm. it's just going to be neat and perfect yeah, yeah, and yeah. bubble free, right? But that's something called an armored seam. So that strip that you were looking at, uh, okay. that's actually 
even though it just looks like black right. silicone, it's actually reinforced glass. So if you hit it, like if you flick it or you touch it, uh. it's, it's hard. So, and you do that, I mean, people would ask for something like that, because it's like silicone. All right, my Marineland tank or my, my old retail tanks, but, and I've got this scraper, algae scraper with a, a blade on it, like a blade that can easily get under some silicone, and I'm smashing that thing into the wall because I don't know what the hell I'm doing, right? right. So, but that's based, that's really what that's guarding then, something like that. Yeah, well, originally, that wasn't even an option. Originally, that's something that we did on really big tanks just to make the joint it was, stronger. Uh, okay. It wasn't even, I, I wasn't even thinking about it from the point of view of uh, preventing you from breaking up the, the wet seal, mm -hmm. if you want to call it that, on okay. the inside. It was just something that we did because this tank is really big, uh. three-quarter inch glass, um, you know, it's a butt joint, it's three quarter inch class. We want to make it thicker, so we might use a half inch or three quarter inch piece. Now we have a one and a half inch joint right there. But it looked so good, yeah. and it served the purpose of, you know, preserving the silicone from the, from the scrapers, mm -hmm. that once we got big tanks, like in certain stores, like we had this well, um, big show tank in one of the stores in Orlando, and people would see it, right? People would call us all the time. It was a popular store, and they'd, they'd come in and say, hey, um, what is the, why are those seams so big? And we'd explain, we'd explain it to them, and they'd be like, well, um, can I get that on my tank? And mm. I'm in my head, I'm like, well, your tank is 40 gallons. Like, you don't, you don't need, need that. A, structurally, right. you don't need it. So, but if you want it, I mean, I don't, it's not going to hurt. It's going to make your tank stronger. So we did it, and one thing led to another, and I needed to come up with a name, and I'm like, well, we'll call them Armored Seams, because they're, mm, and now, cool. I don't know when was the last time that we sold a tank without it, because people so, want it. Terrence said uh, it was like one of the main reasons he bought your tank. Well, because of the seam? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Well, he said it's his favorite part of the tank, for sure. So, That's you know, cool. uh, one of the things that, like, I've always wondered is, uh, you know, when I see a lot of, you know, rimless tanks, even ones without armored seams, mm. they tend to have two different things I see in the silicone, like versus the standard tank you see in the shelf. And one is they tend to just butt right up to each other, right, and then have silicone where they connect, mm -hmm. but they don't have the big, you know, caulk line of silicone on the inside generally, right? Right. So looking at it, like, I kind of wonder, like, is that caulk line, like, even structurally doing anything? Or do you just need the parts of where the two glasses connect? Okay, so that cock line, I don't think is doing anything structurally, right? So the reason that I think that we would see that, especially at the beginning, right? Because manufacturing processes have come a long way. And I'm not talking about myself. I'm talking about the big box companies mm -hmm. in general, like the, everybody else. If you looked at a tank from 30 years ago, that you bought off the shelf, even one of the ones with the plastic trim or something, and you look at them today, there was like a clear difference in the quality of them, right? A lot of the times you would see tanks that in the actual seam, you'll get tons of um, like bubbles, right? And some mm. of the bubbles are big. You're talking mm -hmm. about, they're like elongated, right? Yeah. Where it makes you wonder like, is water gonna get out through there? So I think what companies got used to doing, right, mm. is that's the one that's actually keeping your tank together, but I can build you a tank, for example, that doesn't have the wet steel and it's structurally sound. And then you could take a hypodermic needle and pierce that joint and water is gonna leak through it, right? It's still structurally sound because 
that silicone hasn't failed, it's just missing a piece. So water mm -hmm. gets out to it. That secondary wet seal would cover that, right? Just in case it wasn't perfect. So what yeah. you guys gotta remember too, I guess, in that is like, when I buy a 40 gallon breeder that costs, you know, 50 bucks, like, you know, Petco made money on this, the distributor made money, the, you know, company that made it made money on this thing, mm -hmm. like, this thing needed to be made fast, yep. right? If anybody is ever gonna make this profitable, like these pieces of glass need to be assembled very, very quickly. Uh, and so that makes a good sense. I hadn't put it together that way before. Like the, the seals between the two pieces of glass probably aren't perfect, structurally good, but the seam in there just making sure it doesn't right. leak. And, and there's something else that you should keep in mind. That silicone there, even though it's not holding your tank together, it is doing something because mm -hmm. there are like certain little creatures and stuff that can actually burrow through your silicone. Mm. Okay. Right? And I've seen it with my own eyes. I've seen a snail or like something that looks like a little cone snail or something, mm -hmm. right? Go right through silicone, almost like a hypodermic needle in and out, right? <laughs> and if you have that much area to travel, right, that's a lot less. So Sometimes you'll see companies that don't do it, right? But that's, I think it goes back to it just being a quicker process. So my next question is, on uh, some of the cheaper tanks, you tend to see uh, like like a thin, or a, I don't know, I guess I call it a thick band of silicone between the glass. Like, I mean, maybe an eighth of an inch. On the or, vertical corners? Yeah, like, and where on the nice tanks, you tend to see like super, super thin, right? right. And I don't know if this is true or not, so maybe you're gonna be able to answer this for me, but I had a friend of mine who made a tank himself, and he was told the thinner, the stronger it is. Uh, and the bond is between the two things. So thick or thin? Um, neither, it's a perfect in-between, right? If it's too thin, it's not gonna do anything. Mm -hmm. But if it's too big, there's too much elasticity to it. So mm -hmm. literally, right? Um, I think that one sixteenth of an inch is literally like the perfect width for a joint. So sixteenth, you can barely kind of visually see the difference, especially when it's black. Right. Uh, you know, but that clear stuff, you can just—it looks like a big thick band of jelly. You yeah. know, down down, down but, the. But but if you do um, six, if you go thinner, right? Um, on black silicone, if you go too thin, then you, and you'll see that on some of the, like the big box company tags. Um, it actually, you'll see the glass behind it. Mm -hmm. Oh, really? So the black starts thinning out, and then it's really, to me, it's scary at that point. Kind of an indication that the it's silicone work here was not perfect. Yes. Right. Right. Interesting. Uh, so another one here, we talked about quality of tanks or like some kind of things you'd look for and talk about uh, are the overflow designs, right? Right. So I've seen them, you know, in all kinds of different things, you know, like back in the day, we all had those super huge towers in our tanks, yeah, you know, corner overflows. sometimes multiples for some reason. Drilled in the bottom. And, <laughs> and I shared in today's video, like one of the reasons that I like the uh, Marineland tanks over the Aquion ones is they, for like the popular 120s, they have one corner overflow. Ah. Uh, whereas for like the Aquion, there's two towers in the back and it leaves this weird space that's super hard to keep free of detritus and stuff. And I can't really stack against them the way I would like. So way, way better for me to have one in the corner than mm. two coming out. But also like, I think 
You guys were the first ones I've ever seen that drilled holes in the top of the tank and then stuck overflow through, which you called the ghost overflow, right? Right. I'd never seen that before, but now I have an overflow in my tank that's only, you know, an inch or so thick in many cases and lets water go through to a back overflow and goes down to my tank, you know? Totally different approach to it. So, I mean, what, any other overflow designs that you've seen, but like, you know, this is a differentiator between many of the manufacturers, like how much effort they put into this. Okay, um, first of all, real quick, just to clarify something. I was not the first one to drill holes through the back nope. for a tank. It was actually, to my recollection, um, the first time I saw that done was a company in California called glassholes.com. Oh, mm. really? Right. And uh, I don't know if you're still around or not, but it's safe to say that they are part of the reason why we made the ghost overflow, right? Because I've had like a love affair with low, with uh, like a love-hate affair with overflows for a long time because it's one of those things where you absolutely need one in most cases, but you don't want to have one, right? So when I saw those, and I think that was in 2009 or 2008 that I started seeing those, um, there was just a box. It didn't have an external box. There were two holes drilled in the back of the tank. And then um, the guy who built them, his name was Mike, I believe, right? You'd have the two through bulkheads, but then the outside, he'd have elbows just straight down. And those elbows, he would drill on top and he'd vent them. Mm -hmm. And they worked pretty good, but it was limited. You couldn't do like a full siphon. You couldn't dial it in. It was just two pipes going down. But the idea was great because the fact is that you didn't have to have that huge box on the inside, right? Um, I started having, the, the issue that that presented was like, on bigger tanks or tanks that had bracing, you just have this little box and it's up under the brace so you couldn't get into it, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's where the idea for the removable weirs came out because it was a necessity, right? And then they, were, they worked well and they did what they had to do, but you couldn't really get them 100% silent. So that's where the idea for an external box. So the inside box now has teeth that comes off, so you can get into it, clean it, access it. And now the outside box, you can dial it in, you could do whatever it is that you need to do. Um, just because those are around doesn't mean though that regular overflows still don't get installed. And so we do still get a lot of tanks that will be internal overflows drilled at the bottom. And when we're, when we're working with really, really big tanks, Honestly, the best way is some of those big custom ones that we have to do. Hmm. When you get an 800, 900 gallon tank, it's just easier to bunch of big holes in the bottom. So, so I will just tell you, my own personal experience here is uh, one of the benefits I've got, like working with somebody like Felix or a custom manufacturer, is you can start talking about your specific needs, right? And right. so for some people, I want the tank to butt all the way up to the wall, which means that uh, it needs to go through the bottom. Mm -hmm. Right, uh, and so you're gonna have to build a more typical overflow. In some cases, uh, I can like go through the wall, right? Uh, right, or I don't mind that it's six inches off the wall or whatever, and you get a totally different set of options there. Mm. Right. Uh, in my specific case, like I just keep debating whether or not I want to rebuild a structural wall in my house. Like this got two by sixes here, and is 100% there to hold the floor up above me. <laughs> uh, right. And so if I change this, I'm going to have to, you know, 
really redo a house that was just built, you yeah. know, and like, or not the house, but like at least the room. Mm -hmm. And my wife is not super happy about that. And so ultimately what I came up with was working with uh, Chris Benner, who's gonna make the stand, is just move it six inches off of the wall and allow room for the plumbing there. And we're gonna build wood trim that hides it and is part of the whole thing. But like this wasn't just, the ideas didn't just happen overnight, man. Like you and me, we just like kind of rambled them off and like kept going back and forth. And so when you're working with somebody who like actually cares uh, about the result and your needs, it's kind of a, an organic development that comes right. out the other side. And like, I'm not gonna lie, you, you pay for that person's time in this case, you know, to help you achieve your goals with your tank, you know, but like it is an important step because it could have gotten this wrong and then been really disappointed with it later, right? right? So how many hours do you think we got into overflow discussions between texting and actual phone calls? <laughs> this year? Yeah, I mean, so just in, this, just in this one tank, you know? Easily, man, hours, hours. I can't, I can't really yeah. put, what do you, what do you think? I, I don't know, I, I think between uh, like, you know, mocking up stuff and texting them back and forth and emails and whatnot, uh, you got several hours of going back and Drawings forth. And too. yeah, and going back and forth and then like, no, that kind of works, kind of doesn't. And in this case, I actually want to put uh, like a closed loop in there too. You know, it's like, oh man, at one point we had like the closed loop going through the back of the overflow, right? right? It was really cool, but like also That's unnecessary. The one you I think yeah, I think I did post that one, yeah. Uh, also unnecessary complication, you know, mm -hmm. and so like sometimes you get really big and then they kind of collapse into their own weight and you're like, you know what, we should just go with the simplest design because simple works. Simple will never fail us, right? right. Yep. Uh, but like, yeah, so where does the closed loops go in this? And like, I'm telling him stuff, he like actually sent me back these pictures with giant X, red X's, like I will never ever do that, Rejected. I don't care. Rejected, <laughs> yes. I have, it. I have them there, they put the stamp on it. <laughs> like that's the ugliest accepted. thing I've ever seen, right? No way no, am I gonna ever do that. No tank for you. <laughs> yeah, so like that's an organic part Part of the process, man, is uh, knowing that kind of stuff. So, uh, you know, you order from somebody else and they just kind of like do what they're told often, mm. you know, and like, well, I don't know, you told me to do that, so I did it. Well, not good enough. You know, <laughs> like I actually wanted you, to, you're the expert, man, tell me not to do this. And so there's quite a few times where uh, like I tell you what I want and you're like, well, can, I, can you do this thing? And they're like, here's the deal, dude, I'm gonna tell you what you want, what I want, and then I just have to trust your expertise that you build it the right way. Right. Right. I don't want to try to trick you or bend your arm into building something for me that I'm going to be unhappy with. You know what's going to make me happy, sometimes better than I do myself. Right. I know what I want, but what I want and what's realistic, totally different mm. things sometimes. Uh, so uh, beneficial there. Hey, what else we had here? Stance was the next one. So, I mean, stance is a super, super obvious thing. Like, we have a couple pictures of, of a stand on any of them. This is I don't know if we had any pictures a good of this. tank. Definitely a stand. Uh, no pictures of stands on any of these? Yeah, that oh, one has a stand. Okay, yeah, so this one's got a drop off on it. It's oh, matched, cool. built to match this thing. Is there another one here? Yeah, this guy right here too. So like, A, there's a couple of things about these stands. Like Man. one, they look clean and they're mm -hmm. nice. They match the quality of the tank. They match the stuff that's in the room, you know, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Often though, they're also taller 
You know, so like they got a 40 gallon breeder over here and a typical stand and one next to an E170. And there's things oh, about the breeder I actually the like 40, better. Yeah, well, I mean, you walk up to the 40 breeder and automatic, I'm looking straight down into the tank because it's like at my stomach level at the top of the tank. Yeah, I don't know what how tall it is, but it's super like, what, low. like 28 yeah. inches or something. Yeah. That's the one that is there. Yeah, yeah. that's a yeah. You have to bend down breeder. to look into it, right? Yeah. And so like that's really annoying. I don't want that. Uh, and so, like, that's a major thing for me is that I, I, I want to walk by and enjoy the tank. I don't, and I don't want to be four feet tall. You know, <laughs> my kids love it. I won't. Uh, and so, like, but all the polish. So, Chris, man, I know you work with Chris on a bunch of stuff, but you also work uh, with people locally. Yep, I have local carpenters that I work with. It just depends. Sometimes it makes more sense. Uh, it, it depends on the project. So that's probably the best way to describe it. Um, if it's like super high end amazing museum quality woodwork like like really ornate and stuff like that it's only chris mm -hmm. honestly but just for a lot of like the simple just uh more modern contemporary stuff then i have a few options for that so, so chris actually i met because uh he, he like just showed up at my house no more or less uh, <laughs> i sent him there by the way he, but he was doing some work some work know, in uh, minneapolis and he just reached out to me he's like can i come over and i'm like wow sure I guess <laughs> I don't know, but he wanted to like help, just make sure that he knew that like I knew he existed, and whatnot, awesome, right? And he's like, I do. I can build out your whole house. We can do a kitchen and build the, the whole tank of the kitchen and uh, do a tank into it. So if you're if you're looking at Chris, uh, you know one thing he's do will build you a nice stand. But also, you know, if you're looking for somebody who's actually going to build a stand that works with the current uh, furniture in your room. Mm, right. So in this case, I haven't done it yet, and he's probably going to kill me. Uh, but I'm going to send him like a, one of my drawers. Uh, from the cabinet work that's in the room and he's gonna match the stain and stuff to that he's also gonna build a desk that matches it and a hood and the whole thing so the whole thing fits the entire room together it looks like it was all made at the same time right you know? uh, I've heard him build a whole kitchens and stuff too and you know he does all kinds of work yeah he does amazing woodwork yeah so I guess I would what I'd say about Chris <clears throat> and specifically is Chris is a woodworker that will make you a stand not the opposite, yeah. right? Like, uh, makes all kinds of stuff for Rockler or whatnot, and, like, just A-game. But he's also, um, you know, he's also a hobbyist, which is super important mm -hmm. because you can be an amazing carpenter and not be in the hobby, and you don't get it. And it's not your yeah. fault, but you don't get it. And it's so easy to overlook something that even though you have this amazing piece of furniture afterwards, but you can tell that something was off. And sometimes it's too late or it needs to be remedied or fixed with like some awkward molding or something like that. Do your local guys that you choose, are, are any of them hobbyists too? Um, no. Okay. But that's what I'm here for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so. you're, you're, the, yeah, you're the brain behind that. So that, that's a, like a different thing. Like it's like I can get a custom tank and, and they'll just make what I said or they'll like get super engaged for seven hours and make my overflow right. for me. Uh, so in this case with Chris too, one of the cool things here is like what we've been working on is getting stairs incorporated into it, right? And so like, I know the poor guy's getting stressed out about it. But Fun. it was like, yeah, custom options, whatever. And then what he found is actually those cool slide out ones that work for normal cabinetry in your house. Like, you know, if you want to be able to get to the top levels of your cabinets in your kitchen, mm. they actually make these cool little things that slide out and then they all fold over sideways and they can fold over the other direction. Right. So what he's gonna do, I, I believe, 
is incorporate these into each side of it. And so it's a little drawer like this that slides out and all of a sudden you have stairs that you can crawl up and get inside your tank. Oof. And like, I'm pretty certain that anybody that hasn't, uh, doesn't have this is going to say, want I want that. <laughs> uh, like, That's really cool. I mean, it makes getting in your tank so much easier, right? And so the other thing with Chris here too, and, and Chris is, again, like the stands are really part of the tank for me, like the whole apparatus. And we haven't decided what we're going to do here, but like one of the big challenges is the hood, right? Mm. This is a giant hood. You know, it is what, like four feet by almost six feet across and made out of just pure wood, it's going to be super heavy, right? And how do we get it out of the way? This is a large tank that I actually need to be able to get into the center of it. So I can't have little panels this big, you know, on the side right. of it. I have to be able to get the thing out of the way or somehow get into it. And we don't know how that's going to happen yet. And I, and I honestly don't even like know. So I couldn't even call up my, like, you know, your carpentry guy and say, just make me a hood. I need somebody to help me solve challenges. And my right. challenges is I need to get to the center of this thing. It's super heavy. It needs to be able to get up. And it needs to be able to get up like all the time. You know, like I want to be able to get in there without issue. Mm. Uh, I want to be able to clean. And if, I, if it's hard, I won't do it. You know, this guy's going to help me solve those challenges. And you guys will get to see like how it actually rolls out. Right. But it isn't easy. Yep, yep. All cool. right, so uh, who? Uh, let's see here. What's some tank sizes that? Uh, what, what time are we at here? We got. Oh, we got. Oh man, time flies. We're coming up. Yeah. Okay. So we'll take some questions in just a second, but I just want to talk about some of the things that, uh, like, uh, the things that like seem to be common again amongst all of your customers, where they seem to like the most, where they're the most happy, because a lot of you may think like, oh, I really like this, or I really like that. But once you own it, it changes your mind a little bit. And so where do people tend to be the happiest? Um, and you're right about that. Every time I post the tank, which is some awkward size, you'll get people to say, that's my dream tank. Mm -hmm. And I can't help but feel that it's impossible that your dream tank is 63 by 31 and a half. That was somebody else's specific need, right? So um, you need to really you could like something, but then you need to make it work for you. And that's the beauty of being able to make something custom, right? But what I find to be super popular and super um, common is six to eight foot tanks, right? And as far as height goes, 24 to 30 inches height. And also, and super important, and I can't emphasize this enough, the tank in most cases shouldn't be taller than it is wider, right? For, mm. for so many different reasons, right? Um, if your tank is 72 by 30 wide, then make it 28 tall or no more than 30 high. Once you start making the tank taller than it is wider, it starts, you remember the old school 55 gallons? Mm -hmm. Where they were, I think they were like 48 by 13 by like 22. Mm. I call it like the 55 gallon effect. It starts becoming like this narrow, skinny yeah. tank. Yeah. Super hard to aquascape. Yeah. yeah like so. really linear path for the fish to swim in and stuff. Right. Uh, also, for those of you who don't know, like when you look through water, it artificially changes the depth. And so it looks like it's about a third uh, less deep than it really is. My fish always look bigger before you pull them out. Yeah. So <laughs> like it, it is, uh, I, I couldn't agree more that if you have the opportunity go deeper front to back, then you go tall, and in almost every case, you'll be happy with that decision. Hmm. Right. 
Uh, it just looks a, a lot nicer. And I will say, I am somebody that really, really, really would like to have 30 inches deep because I really like that extra height out of it. Right. Uh, also kind of helps so you don't have to bend down to see it and whatnot. And gives you a better angle to look down. In most cases, uh, I think when you're looking down at the corals, they tend to look better. Right. So, like, there's a lot of aspects to that, except for your arm uh, right. and cleaning. And so, I mean, I'm, I'm totally guilty of, like, I don't care. I'll just make it work. But when I actually go do it, I get mad that I made that decision. Right. You know. In fact, one of the tanks I saw that you made, what I felt like when you see it, like, oh, that's my dream tank too, was like 10 feet long and uh, uh, 30 inches tall and 36 inches oh, deep. Yeah. Right. Yeah, uh, like, yeah. make me that thing. That is 10 feet long, 36 inches front to back, and 30 inches tall. That is a sweet, sweet tank that I'll never be able to get into. <laughs> I, I mean, like cleaning it is going to be a pain in the butt. Mm. Uh, you know, getting back in there, you know, three feet deep, 30 inches tall. And the bracing, you're not, it's not rimless anymore. At that point, yep. you have all these braces, so you have to, you don't start right here. You're starting six inches in already, so. You're definitely using tools and all kinds of stuff, man, which makes it take two to three times longer, which means you're two to three times less likely to do it. Uh, you know, it just... Definitely, definitely one of those things. So you said, though, there was a tank size that tend to be the happiest, like in gallons anyway. Um, I think that from what I've been seeing lately, the range is probably in between 250 to 350. That's probably the bulk of what we do. And then you'll get some smaller ones, and then you get a few really, really, really big ones. Right? So 250 to 350, and I guess I'm going to fall in the bucket because I guess I've made that decision for myself but right. like it's what makes sense that that is about the size over. it went 10 over i guess you're, you're in the big category <laughs> uh i'm one of the weirdos <laughs> you didn't quite hit the big ones yeah. you're gonna... uh part of the reason that like i think that makes sense for me is like you should always be able to have like a you know 20 to 30 percent water change on hand right. right in a reasonable size container you know so if you have like a, uh, uh, with a 360, if I want to do a 20% water change, I need to have like what, 70 gallons of water on hand? Right. And a little more than 20, man, like I got a 100 gallon bin of water just to do a water change now. Mm. Wow. Like past that, it starts to get pretty crazy. And like, I've seen people run into issues, you know, on their super big tanks where they can't even do water changes. Like, to me, the water change is the number one solution. Something is going totally wrong in this tank, just get the water out, yeah. right? But if I can only do a 10% water change, like, you know, because of the size of the containers and the closets or rooms that I have, <laughs> it's going to take weeks. Like, it's going to be too late, <laughs> you know? Like, so, you know, you got to think about all the different things that come together. So I'm not surprised 250, 350, it starts to match normal water change kind of schedules and stuff like that. Mm. Yeah. And your wife is going to love that 300 gallon on hand, just one in her closets, <laughs> yeah, half really. the garage. Yeah, just a whole garage just for water change. No more Christmas yeah. Yeah. or <laughs> Halloween supplies. Yeah. All right, so I think I, I'm just going to share why I went reef savvy in the end. So I'll just give you guys a little bit of the story here, is, uh, and then we'll move on to some of these questions. But yeah. just a little bit of the story here is uh, ultimately, man, like this thing was going to be super expensive for me. Like, uh, and I have a wife that like has limits on me too. So like, I mean, like once we started adding up a generator for this and taking out walls and putting floors in and like you know like endless stuff, like I, it's got to give somewhere. 
right? right? And so, like, uh, Planet looked like a pretty good option to me, in the mm. essence. I'm going to get most of what I'm looking for, and I'm going to get it at a good price, and everybody likes Planet, you know? And so, uh, I was talking to Darren over there, and he was going to you know, help me out with this thing. And then I started telling people what I was going to do. Actually, I, I, I released it in, like, one of the videos. I, like, let it slip or something, right? All of a sudden, everybody I know, man, was like, what is wrong with you? Uh, I mean, like, literally calling me up, like, I saw that thing, and like, what are you gonna do, dude? Like, you've been using reef savvy tanks forever, man. Like, this is your dream tank. You have to look at this every day. And like, and like, yeah, but like, dude, it's getting out of control. The price, man. My wife's gonna kill me. Dude, I was getting BRS hate mail. This, you know, from my customers. Like, what's going on, man? Why, why is he, why is he doing why this? Why is he talking about? I planet? didn't even. Honestly, I'm so consumed by work, and I'm always working that I, I sometimes I don't get enough on social media or I don't get to watch all the videos and stuff like that. Mm. But my customers let me know when I open my inbox and there's a bunch, or I get <laughs> text messages or calls, what's going on with Ryan, man? I'm like, why, what are you talking about? Why is he, get, why is he getting, aren't you building his tank? I'm like, I, didn't, I wasn't even up to date on it, you know? <laughs> and they let me know quick, man. So like I'm hemming it on, man, and like I just like don't know what to do, like because I, I, I just like it's just hard decisions, right? And I'm just gonna say it, man. Uh, Felix called me up uh, out of the blue, and he's like, "Dude, like you're messing me up here, dude. I wanted to call you and just tell you I've been talking with my wife for ages. If Ryan ever puts a tank in his house, we're just gonna gift it to him." Yeah, you were like, a surprise, bro. I know you like I stole his like thunder. I felt so bad. Dude, uh, when you bought your house and you posted before any of this came about, we already talked. We had like finalized it and discussed it, and then you, and like, I had to tell you the other <laughs> way. <laughs> so anyway, so Felix and his wife, man, I love you both. Uh, you. Donated a tank to my house, and I gotta tell you, like I, I don't. It's just a glass box, dude. But like now, uh, it's actually more to me. Uh, because there's so many people that are involved in this, uh, like setting this thing up with me. And, uh, and now I get to look at this thing, man, and it's a gift from people that I care about. And I love seeing it at all the shows. And like, uh, it just, uh, I don't know, it just means so much more to me. So, Thank you, man. Uh, I don't know. So that is why uh, the like whole journey, you think that things like in the background just kind of go one way or the other for no willy-nilly reason. There's always like a journey to mm -hmm. everything and why they developed that way. So uh, let's uh, go ahead and answer some questions that we have here, and oh, yeah. uh, we'll like uh, write it out. We've got some good ones here. Right. Uh, right. First one we got to hit is Glenn Rudolph. Thanks, Glenn. Four ninety nine. He says uh, buy Felix some coffee so he can work. I'm taking hours. Felix out somewhere. He doesn't know it yet. Yeah. I haven't invited, but like I'm taking him out to dinner. He flew all the way from Florida up here, so I got to go take him out somewhere. So I will get him that. Thank you, Glenn. <laughs> do, I, cool. do I get a cut of that four ninety nine? <laughs> I'm gonna give you the whole thing. Oh, yeah. yeah, dude. Uh, the whole thing. All right. All right. Thanks, Glenn. Uh, I like this one down here from K-Dub who asks, uh, what's the largest custom tank you've built and mm. was it for a celebrity? Who? Um, I want to say, I don't remember the exact dimensions, mm. but I think we were in the 1200 gallon, Ooh. 12 to 1300 gallon range. And yes, it was for a celebrity. There That's you go. all you can say. But that I, but we just so you know, because people ask us this all the time, and it's not some when when we say celebrities, it's not always celebrities. Yeah. Um, there's just businessmen and there's wealthy people that are like on certain lists, right? But they're not necessarily like an actor that you would know. 
but we owe, we, we sign a lot of like uh, non-disclosure agreements and we're just not allowed to mention who they are. And also we don't deal with them. These people have like house managers who have a manager who have a manager, you deal with them. So it's like. <laughs> Twelve hundred house gallons. manager. Yeah, but I. So I, you need. Uh, I, I look, and my wife. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Right. Yeah. So. But you know what? We also years ago we consulted with um, somebody that were I, they were in the Cayman Islands and we didn't actually build the tank but we consulted with them and it was a job and we got paid for it, and uh, it was a concrete structure with glass panels that was something like six to seven thousand gallons. Mm -hmm. So that was pretty cool too. So. Oh, wow. All right, Nick. Cool. Uh, Nate. Nate. Donated the five bucks here too for that dinner. So no, no, thank you very much. I mean, I did, did we're going ask, up. My good steak. No <laughs> burgers. You did ask a quick question, uh, totally off topic uh, from tank building, but can you suggest a T5 LED layout for a 72 36 27 with two braces on top? Mm. I like the aquatic life, but they're only 61 inches. So, so well, 61 inches cover a 72 inch tank. Yeah. So T5. Yeah, it just will be a little dim on the end, right? Yeah. Like, uh, like visually not dim, but like uh, it will, if I measured it with a meter, it will be lower than next to it, right? Yeah, but I mean, you look at like this tank and you look at other tanks and look at the edges. There's mm -hmm. not coral right up next to the far well, edge. In all honesty, it gives you a place to put some corals that don't like as much light, right? Uh -huh. So like on the edges, so you've created an area that is perfect for that actually. Yeah, so. sweet. There's cool question. All right. Uh, I like Ken Selick is, do you ever build overflows in the center of your tanks? I can answer that. That's, that's right, directed like, in yes, the middle. in the middle. <laughs> like in the center? Well, or like, like oh, you mean in the oh, center like of the island. bottom gland? Yeah, I wonder about yeah, that. Yeah, we've done that. Yeah, it would be that. like four sides. I don't know if that's what he meant or not, you know? That's, but if. You could do it both ways. Look, if that's not what you meant, yes. If that's what you meant, Yes. There you go. There you go. I mean, I know a lot of people that like to try or like viewing. try to build the like in a really big tank, build the overflow tower into the center, and then like try to hide it with rock work and yeah. stuff. And especially if you got like a peninsula style tank or a total like walk around. Yeah. Uh, I have pictures which I'll send you later. Maybe you could post them of big giant cubes that are like be like 54 by 54 by 54 and then it'll have like a 14 inch overflow tower and exactly what you said you mm. can walk around it that's cool uh, but that that's doesn't a, fit in every house that's complicated oh yeah <laughs> yeah aaron was trying to get me to do that actually so like i always wanted this big peninsula and aaron's like dude you're messing this up you should have a total walk around what's the point <laughs> of coming out? i'm like yeah and then I told my wife I was going to jackhammer up the floor the to power, put the plumbing yep. and flour in there. And she's like, no. No, not, <laughs> not going to happen. All right. Uh, I, I, I'm um, so sorry, honey. I'm making her seem like the bad person. But she's so supportive of all this stuff, the crazy stuff that's going down there. So, <laughs> all right. What else is there? Uh, let's see here. Oh, uh, Dr. Bergman wants to know, uh, have you ever thought about building high-quality acrylic tanks? Mm. That's it. I was gonna. I was thinking the same thing when you were talking about the biggest tank possible, yeah. and like, you know what? Where's the point? Bigger than twelve hundred gallons is like people are generally going acrylic. Mm. You know, like right. so. Um, no, I'm not a jack of all trades. I'm good at what I do. I like doing what I do. Mm. I work with uh, acrylic for when we do our sumps, like certain things and um, uh, the overflows, things of that nature. But building acrylic tanks—that's a different animal, and. That's not something that I, I would ever explore or work with. Mm. Is there a picture of a sump back in here somewhere? Because uh, just so you know, uh, Felix socks. also does sumps. But there's, a, there's a better one, I think, where I don't know if it's up there, where it's like uh, the front view of it. Maybe I didn't make the, the cut. Oh. Oh. Uh, 
know there was a bunch of them here. No, but you sent me a picture of a super awesome sump the other day. I know. Yeah, I don't know. So, yeah, if you want a glass sump, and, you know, I'm going to tell you right now, one of the cool things about a glass sump, for those of you who don't know, is you get to get rid of that uh, trim on the right. inside, right? Mm. So that trim artificially closes in all the stuff you can put in there and just... You know, it's like the Euro bracing on the top of acrylic. Uh, you know, when you use thin acrylic, you can get by by, you know, putting a big Euro brace on the top to get rid of the bow. But it just makes it so much harder to get into everything. And so, uh, I don't know, I, the glass sumps, uh, for me, way to go. Yeah, we built these hybrid sumps that you kind of, uh, you know, where you get the best of both worlds. So mm -hmm. the acrylic has its place. There's certain things you can do in acrylic where you can't do on glass. Mm -hmm. And there's certain things that glass where you can't do on acrylic. So we figured out how to structurally bond dissimilar materials. Goes back to yeah, my yeah. old little tank, yeah, you know, yeah. putting little pizzas in it. That's and cool. that's a big deal because if you just silicone an acrylic baffle into glass, it comes off, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But you, you get it basically a rimless tank and it's not gonna bow. You could scrape it, you could make it new again. But then where it matters, you have the, the sock holders, you have the removable weirs, you have the, so. So we actually did a video a while ago about like how well uh, silicone adheres to acrylic, right? Like the stuff you'd buy from the store and even uh, some of the stuff that's like sold for aquariums, right? Right. And we put out little beads of it on glass and beads of it on uh, acrylic and let it dry overnight. And like everybody like, well, I don't know, maybe it's less or, you know, just it glues, it heaves, it heaves just like a little bit. But dude, on glass, you can't get it off. Right, like you have to use a razor or really manhandle the stuff to get it off. On the acrylic, I could flick it. it, it it's on there and it just kind of peels right off. Mm. And so like when you're putting glass uh, and acrylic in baffles, most of what you're doing is just kind of like wedging it in place because it sticks to the glass, right. but not the acrylic, right? So there are definitely types of uh, adhesive uh, and different things that work way, way, way better than others, but they're generally well-kept secrets. Yeah, uh, <laughs> they are. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, not everybody uh, shares all that information because it is not an easy task and like you have to test it for years, yeah. you know, before you could ever even like really use it with anywhere else. I so could have been playing video games, man. I was gluing, you know. Yep. <laughs> that is the nerdiest thing ever. That's also very awesome. Uh, what uh, else? Reefer Gill, 10 but You guys' dinner is almost paid Oh my gosh. For 10 bucks. Wow. From Reefer Gill. Yeah, Thanks. we were going, like you said, Thanks, burgers, man. man. We just upped our game. <laughs> More Angus. Uh, uh, Angus. All right. Uh, and this might not be a question about your tank specifically, but you probably are sm the smartest one on here. Global Warmer wants to know is, how long is the silicone supposed to last on your tanks? Hmm. So, um, like, say, I, I've got a marine land that's probably 15, 20 years old now. Should I trust the silicone on it? Do you really? I don't know. No, I don't. Oh, okay. But, Hypothetically, um, I think a lot of it. Okay, if they were in a perfect scenario where it was done properly, right. a lot of it has to do with preparation. Right. It's so important, like the the where you're gluing and bonding that it's really clean and things like that. Um, but man, I could see over twenty years. Mm -hmm. you know? After that, it gets a little. I don't know. Could degrade, maybe. Yeah, I think that. Eventually, you know, everything will need to be replaced after. I mean, everything runs out of life, man, out yeah. of batteries. Yeah. You know? yeah. We do. So yeah. It's like, um, but I've seen tanks that are 30 years old and going. Mm. So. But I don't want to say, hey, yeah, the standard is 30, 40 years. But I've seen it. I actually know tanks that are like that. So, 
to answer yeah. your question of like people see this stuff all the time like there's this marine land tank that's been sitting in somebody's garage for the last oh, yeah. 15 the years should i tank. use it oh yeah. i would say if it isn't inside the budget of replacing it i don't know give it a shot uh but in reality like it was used it uh has been sitting there for 15 years it's probably already over the 20 years we we're just talking about and like I want to use it for five years, <laughs> yeah. uh, so like the something that's gonna blow up on you for sure. It's just the chances go up, right? And so right. and it and a tank blown up in your living room, mm -hmm. a is a mess. B really scary if you think about the fact that it's the kind of thing you stand in front of and look at. Right. Uh, right. <laughs> uh, so like I don't know. Could it be done? Absolutely. Uh, should it be done? Probably not. Can I add to that? Yeah. Please. Okay. So. There's something that you have to take into consideration, which I think a lot of people don't even think about that. So when you set up a tank on a stand, right, no two floors are exactly the same. So you have to take into consideration that you set up a tank in your house and you put it on a stand and it was there for 10 years. While it was sitting there for 10 years, you might have had to shim it a little bit on the right side, maybe a little bit on the front left side, because that's how, that was the condition of your floor. That's kind of how that tank grew in the sense of mm. an established, and this had all this stress, a little bit more back here and a little bit more up here because that's how your floor was. Remember your silicone is flexible and it does this, right? It kind of settled and that's how it got used to, right? You take that tank out of that environment, right? And you put it somewhere else and in the other guy's house, it's completely different, completely mm. opposite. I think that it's more likely that you would have a failure with that tank than if you had left that tank where it was for a really long time because you completely changed the dynamics of how that tank, how it aged. That's probably the best way to put it. It aged a specific way. Do you think it matters if it ages dry or wet, like sitting in my garage or ages full of water? Okay, so people ask me that all the time. And the honest answer is that I don't know 100% because I've had this conversation even with like the silicone manufacturers. And then I always go back to the fact that silicone is used in a lot of applications outside of, mm -hmm. forget about fish tanks, it's in our windows at home. That's what we have in our windows, silicone, mm -hmm. right? So it's exposed, right, to the sun and it's, um, it dries out and it still works, but at the same time, it's even though it's holding water and moisture from coming in, it's not actually holding water pressure. So I feel like I've seen myself in the past, tanks that have been sitting dry, and I feel like the silicone has literally shrank and like gotten hard. And in cases like that, I think that, yeah, I think that you probably shouldn't use that tank. But if it's a short period of time and maybe you've kept it indoors, then I think that you, you should be okay. Hmm. And temperature, temperature too. I don't know, like, I've heard of people that have left tanks outside an entire winter in a brutal place, kind of like this. Well, there is <laughs> no question that heat extremities. So, like, if I put it in the garage, and in my garage it gets to 120, yeah. or if I put it in my garage and it gets to negative 40, like, those things are going to stress on anything because yeah. the, the materials expand and contract. Yeah, if there is water in there, they expand, they contract, they freeze, or whatever. Right. So, yeah, I didn't even think about the temperature and where you're storing it. Right. Like you store it in your basement, it's probably good. Uh, garage, 
Uh, de depends on uh, the weather to, right. to some degree. Mm. Uh, but definitely, if I walked up like you said and it touched it and it was crunchy, I'd uh, stunt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good question. Thanks yeah. for that. Uh, let's see. Uh, here's a good one for you. Uh, what's the cutoff height for a three-quarter inch glass on a reef-savvy reef rimless tank? Twenty-four inches wide. Rimless. Um, that depends on the length. So. That's going to vary. I'll give you an example. If it was six feet long, then it would be six feet tall. Or say, if it were, it was six no, feet no, long. if it were six feet long, it would be, we can go up to 24 inches tall, right? Mm, okay. Or, and if it were, um, let's say if it was a cube that was 22, no, 24 by 24, we can go as high as like 26 inches tall, rimless. If it were eight feet long, maybe we might have to drop it to like 18 inches. So mm. that shallow. <clears throat> yeah, but remember when I said it goes back to my discretion? There are certain things that we have to talk about or give up or not give up. Um, we can have, for example, we could have had this tank taller, right? Mm -hmm. But then we would have had to beef up the bracing on the bottom and certain things. So how much do you want to sacrifice? How much do you want to give up? So how you want your tank to look does play a major, a major factor mm -hmm. too. So. So when you go and I'm going to do a longer tank, what adds the structural integrity more? The strip that would go along the length of the tank or the bracing that would go from front to back? Um, you mean like the top bracing? Yeah, so I, like I can put like a Euro bracing kind of, which is like the strips that will go around the edges. Right. You know, that will increase the strength. Uh, or I can kind of put strips in that go front to back, right? Or, or both. Yeah, both. So the strip that you're putting is not doing, it's doing very little to keep your tank from, your panel from coming off. It's, what it's doing, it's keeping your panel straight. So you know how it tends to bow? If you do a thick enough Euro brace, because even if you do a thin one, it's, does not, it's barely going to do anything. Remember how I told you that the longer it gets, the mm -hmm. more it tends to bend? So if, for example, your panel is, let's say it's 72 inch tall panel. I mean, 72 inch long panel, 30 inches tall. Um, if you put a really thin Euro brace on top, you're still going to get bowing, right? But if you were to put like an eight inch Euro brace and it's bonded, then it literally has to bow that entire, you know, eight inches of glass on its edge and it's mm. not going to do that. And the tank is not long enough, so otherwise you'd get a bow this way. So, but the cross brace, it's not only is it stopping it from bowing, it's also holding on to the back panel. So it's actually adding even more to like the structural integrity of the tank. Hmm. Interesting. Sweet. All right, a couple more, and then we'll call it a day. Uh, yeah. So uh, thanks for joining us. So we've got like what three or two or three more. Yeah, a couple more here. Uh, first one is: Does the center brace really affect lighting all that much? Uh, always can't notice them since the spread of the lighting seems to mitigate the shadowing. I, know. I have an answer for this. Yeah, you, uh, uh, absolutely. Mm. Uh, yeah, so less so if you are using giant, huge reflectors with your halides of age or mm, T5, T5 lighting mm. and stuff. But if you're using LEDs that come in a little puck form factor or even all packed under a, a, a lens that's an inch wide, uh, it hits that glass, it's reflecting back off the top. No, absolutely. Some of it will go through, but you will definitely be able to measure it. 
Will you be able to see it? Uh, is a question. Um, maybe not. Maybe not as much with the glass or glass brace or center brace, but definitely the black plastic ones. Uh, oh, for I've, sure. I've had that a bunch of times. Yeah. So you know, one of the big things, man, will be is the spacing of them, right? And so, like, if I think of my six-foot tank, you know, maybe I want to put a light every two feet, or I want to put a light, uh, you know, every foot or whatever. Then you start to think, well, where are the braces? If they end up right over, right underneath the brace, or like right to the side of it, for sure you are going to see it, uh, mm. visually and with a meter. If it's kind of off to the side, not so much. Yeah, you know. So, anyway, has that been the experience of your guys or your customers as well? Uh, yeah, actually, that's why sometimes you'll see tanks where we'll have one center brace or we'll have two center braces, which are off-centered, right? Mm -hmm. And that's because if you had a six-foot tank and you were going to have um, three lights then it wouldn't make sense to give you a center brace because you know you're going to have one mm -hmm. dead on the, on the center brace. But if you were going to have, uh, if you have three lights, it would make sense just to give you two center braces and then three openings on top instead of two larger ones. So, you know, if the idea is to not have anything. And if you do have to have something, it's best to try to avoid it as much as possible. So. So that's the thing is like, uh, again, man, when you're working with somebody custom that's actually uh, has been an aquarium owner for <laughs> most of his life, you start to get into that you know, discussion, like asking you the questions that matter. And so like, this is a really good one. If I had a six foot tank, you know, and I had no lid on it, it was just kind of a mixed tank, I might actually just put three lights in it depending on what I was using. Uh, but I wouldn't put the brace in the middle. I would then do it, split it up like you said, right? Uh, and, but if I did do it in the middle, I'd probably use four lights now uh, and exactly. put them in between the squares, you know, essentially on the side. So asking, you know, what, how am I going to light this tank is how I'm going to brace the tank. So it absolutely matters uh, big time, and I would pay attention to it. Mm. Uh, last question? Uh, last question. Uh, are you doing any overflows with no internal box? If so... Uh, how deep are the external boxes from then uh, from the then the back pain from the back pain? Okay. Um, yes, we are, and there's a picture there. Let's take oh or, uh, the far top right. That so, has no internal box. Yeah, look at that. So is that that you just water jetted out uh, a cut in the in the tank and put a box on the outside? Correct. Yeah. And then the external box, the width of it is going to depend on. A lot of factors, like your plumbing size, mm. well, just one factor really. Um, what diameter bulkheads we're going to put in the back, but you could we could probably get it as small as like four, four and a half inches, front to back. So uh, uh, behind the scenes, we have decided on an overflow solution for my tank. Not yet. Okay, yeah, <laughs> I have a second desire that he told me don't get my hopes up because it's it's kind of hard to do and uh, and whatnot. But I'm hoped it's too late. My hopes are already up. So uh, it kind of looks kind of like what you just showed there. Kind of maybe we'll a little different. We'll talk about it at dinner. Yeah, dinner. I'm I'm gonna definitely spend the money you sent to help get my overflow box secured. No, save the money. You're gonna need it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, awesome, man. Well, thank you very much for coming, man. No, it's been uh, our joy. Ed, you, so uh, for all of you that are watching, I need to let you know like uh, good news and bad news. So uh, good news, let's just, should we do good or bad first? Um, bad, nah, bad. give them the bad first. Okay. Bad news is uh, we're not going to do one of these episodes for all of November here. So like it's Black Friday's coming yeah, up, you know uh, we have this other new series coming up, and like uh, poor Dave in the back 
He's lost a few more hairs, I'm pretty certain, uh, but we're jamming. So we got something brand new. It starts on Saturday. So this Saturday, we got something brand new. We are gonna start launching a series aimed at newer to intermediate reefers that really walks you through all of it. So actually, this is the part where I think that it's kind of interesting how things come together. Yeah. Is that is a series originally like eight years ago that I built to do uh, how to start a saltwater aquarium, me and Reed in my basement, right? right. That eventually got upgraded to the Reef 7070. Today, man, like, or I guess on Saturday, we're relaunching it, you know? Ooh. And, but you're not Everybody gonna wait every week. You're not waiting every week. We're giving you three episodes a day, man, for like, uh, uh, I think 10 days. Go That's like 30 yourself. episodes. Uh, Dave and I have 22 of them in the can, so the rest of them, man, every day, uh, we're burning through them. It's not weeks. Yeah. Yeah, not 52 weeks. You don't have to wait a year to see all this stuff. This time, man, you're going to see it all in super big binge watching stuff. So, hopefully, you guys are excited to if see it. If you're watching this live, you are the first to know. Is it, it on Netflix? Absolutely. Uh, the first I was like, it should be. be on Netflix. Yes. I was like, that kind of was the kind of mentality. Like, why, why we Netflix wait? Bad. Every week is terrible. <laughs> Popcorn. Yeah, so uh, all of you, and so we're gonna do that and we're gonna do the Black Friday stuff. Uh, and so in December, we're gonna start this back up full steam and uh, get it rolling again. So uh, all new guests and everything, but uh, you gotta give us a little break. So super thanks for coming out. And uh, I can't wait for dinner. I don't know where we're gonna go yet. Uh, oh, well, in that oh. Global, uh, like you have another $10 too. I mean, oh. I keep seeing them pop oh, in Oh, thank here, you very but, much. Uh, right. The Global Warmer, who asked the silicone question. Oh, also thank you very much. Thank you, oh, this is awesome. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Yeah, the budget just went up. Yeah, I know that oh. one. Sandy, Sandy, send some money this way. Uh, Sandy. Sandy's reef savvy. Oh, oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, awesome. Everybody have a good day, and we'll see you uh, actually starting Saturday. Yeah. Sweet. See you then.